Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creators of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Vachon, and on this episode, we discuss episode two of Loki, titled The Variant, with Robert Young. Hey, Robert! Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Bruh! <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> episode two of Loki. You know, the thing is, I, I watched it rather late. Um, you, you know, the episodes air on on. Wednesday and uh-huh. I didn't I didn't get to see it until like Wednesday evening so I purposely stayed off of Twitter yeah because people were trying to you know drop certain spoilers and I was like no 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 and then people were texting me they were like have you seen episode two I was like no la 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 don't tell me anything I haven't seen it yet <laughs> yeah yeah like I, I'm still not used to the Wednesday drop date so like I woke up I got uh-huh. on Twitter when yeah. I looked at the trending I was like I, I just saw like lope and I was like, oh, let me, I just closed it. I was like, that's right. It dropped in the middle of the night. So I just, yeah. I watched it immediately after that. Yeah, I'm, I'm back in the, in the workforce. I'm a, I'm a worker bee again. So I can't, you know, stay up till three in the morning to watch it. That's what I used to do with, you know, Falcon uh, and Winter Soldier. Okay. Just wait for it to drop. Yeah, I got to wait for it to drop. I was like, I can't do 3 a.m. It's too late because <laughs> <laughs> I start work at eight. But um, okay, so let's talk about episode two because a lot happened i actually i need to watch this episode again me too let's start a little bit backwards right so Mm -hmm. uh in our in our um and by the way lots of spoilers in this in this recap and every recap that we do of loki if you have not seen it turn it off go watch it and then come back (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so in our recap of episode one last week we had a couple of theories right Mm-hmm. The, one the theory was that this, you know, variant Loki that's been going around, I'm gonna call him serial killer Loki, who's been going around killing the timekeepers. Our theory was that that while it is Loki, when we looked at the ending of episode one, we were like, that is not a man, right? right. And and we had also surmised because of the fact that um the showrunner Kate Heron and also the star of Loki, um Oh gosh, what? Why Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston had confirmed, much like the comics, that they said that they were going to continue the, the canon of Loki being gender fluid. Mm-hmm. So that combined with the the image of that deviant Loki, I was like, oh, okay, I guess they're gonna make like a gender fluid Loki. Um, so we were half right. I was half right. Let me say me. <laughs> I was half I was half right in my theory. The theory was Loki, uh, this deviant Loki was a woman check but it was not sasha lane because she's actually right. one, of the, one of the timekeepers i was like all right i'll take 50 percent. i mean i wasn't all <laughs> the way but i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> so let's start with your initial thoughts i mean we'll start doing the deep drop but the deep dive but overall what did you think of episode two of loki oh it was really good they it seems like they've t- touched on a lot of topics in such mm-hmm. a short period of time Right. And ramped up to it so fast. So mm-hmm. I, I was really impressed with it. Right. Uh, there's a couple of things that they touched on that I definitely want to mention when, you know, a little later on during the podcast. Okay. But uh, okay. you, have, you have written down, right? Because we don't want to. I do. Your, I do. OK, we don't want to miss your insight. OK, so we'll start with the we'll start with the beginning. Uh, we see that the timekeepers time jump. Uh, where is this? Oklahoma? I forget what the what the opening scene was. It's somewhere. It was Wisconsin, the Renaissance Fair. 
Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so the timekeeper's there, and then that's when we're introduced to Sasha Lane's character. Uh, Sasha Lane is actually one of the timekeepers. I think her hers is C20 or... Yeah, Hunter C20. Hunter C20. And so she's leading this group to try to look for deviant Loki, but it ends up being a trap. Yeah. And so like a circus tent. Yeah, circus. So this evil deviant Loki basically Fs them up (laughs) (laughs) and steals one of the time charges because we noticed that whenever this deviant Loki uh attacks the timekeepers, uh they take one of the time chargers. They take one of the time chargers with them. So at the beginning of episode two we see uh you know the evil deviant Loki messes them all up and then kidnaps C20. Um, and then that's when Loki and Mobius, you know, they bring their own team with Hunter B-15 um, to kind of see what happened. And that um, was new, right? He had, mm-hmm. sh- the, the Loki hadn't been kidnapping the Hunters before, had they? Before no, that I don't. One? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that made her kind of unique mm-hmm. um, because basically she glamours into Hunter C-20's body um, and then, you know, uses Hunter C-20's body to attack her fellow, you know, comrades or whatever. And then that's when she snatches up C-20 and goes through a portal. Um, And then the next scene, (laughs) let me stop (laughs) laughing. The next scene, that's when we start to, that's when we move to Loki uh, because now we know that he's been integrated into the TVA. At least Mobius is advocating (laughs) for him to be part of the team to take down this evil deviant Loki. And we see him at at death. I'm sorry, try not to laugh. So he's dressed like this corporate drone, like a shirt, a tie. And clearly he's doing some sort of orientation with Miss Minutes. <laughs> what did you, I love that scene. I. What did you think? I uh, just thought it was funny. It was so fantastic. It, it, it was, it was awesome because it, it gave us like the Loki we know and love, you know, he's yes. messing with Miss Minutes and getting on her last nerve and, right. and everything. But we also get to see, you know, the person more personality for Miss Minutes was I kind of love that character already. Yeah, she's sassy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I kind of like their interactions with I like the interaction between Loki and Miss Minutes. So I hope we have more of that. Me too. Yeah. And um <laughs> the thing that made this this um what I like about each episode of Loki so far is that it has a different flavor to it. And so this, at least to me, the episode two, it definitely leaned into like the buddy cop genre right yes, with yes. with with um loki and mobius and then it it also had like you know flavors of like the office and then you know and also the x-files i was definitely mm-hmm. getting a, i was definitely yep. getting an x-files vibe and so um especially with the dynamic between mobius and um loki right because remember in the x-files scully and Mulder, Mulder was very much a believer Right. He was very he was very much a believer of the supernatural. And that is why he was matched with Dana Scully in the first place, because Dana is a woman of science. She's a doctor. So they kind of balance each other out. out. So I felt like I was seeing a little bit of that same dynamic between Mobius and Loki. What did you think? Yeah, I I saw that for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And we got a little bit of the buddy cop stuff between um, him and. Hunter B-15, too, for at least, yes. a, you know, a little bit of that when he had to pair up with her. So I, <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy seeing them together big time. I do, too. You know what's so funny? It's like, because number one, you know, everybody know I am a Wumi Masako 
Fan. She plays Hunter. I stand for this woman. I would. I would just walk on. I would walk on water for her. I would try. Um, <laughs> and so I, I agree with you because Hunter B fifteen to me she's she's kind of like an avatar, a stand a stand in for like you know I'm I'm not taking no sh- from you black woman. You know yeah. what I mean? Not yeah. not in a not in a sassy stereotypical way, but more like. I really don't have time for your white man nonsense. Okay. Yeah, like, I love that part where they're <laughs> gearing up to go, and yes, and Mobius tries to give him the knives, and she's like, "No, mm-mm, uh-huh, no. that's not happening." <laughs> <laughs> and I and I love that about her. And I mean, just real quick, I think um, one of the things, and, and I feel that because there are, you know, this is has a woman showrunner, and also uh, this episode was written by Alyssa Carrick, I believe. Um, Karasik. And what I, you know, the thing that I'm, I'm always looking for is particularly when you have black women um, in a show, I'm always like, okay, try, let's try not to put them in any kind of weird uh, stereotypes or tropes. Right. Cause you've Mm -hmm. got the man, the mammy trope, right. Where it's sort of like, Oh, let me take care of these white characters at the risk of my own safety Mm -hmm. and health, which I, I was kind of getting from Monica Rambo and WandaVision and I was just like, eh, yeah, I get a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you got to pull I, back on that. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like with Loki, we're we're definitely getting something a little bit different because, um, you know, Ravenna Renslayer, who's one of the judges, um, and also Hunter B-15, um, you know, like these are women of authority. Like they, yeah. they, they are the ones at, like Loki is basically at their whim. And Merce, you know what I mean? And they don't have, and they're not coddling his feelings for anything. No. And I, and I love that. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? So I've been do- reading up on the comics ever s- since the Loki drop. Yes. And the Ravona Renslayer character could be real interesting mm-hmm. because in the comics, she has a relationship with Kang the Conqueror, <gasps> who we already know has been Woo! cast by our boy. Okay. You know what? I was gonna say let's put a pin in it, but F it. It's my it's my podcast. We can do it however we want. Okay, so let's talk about this. All right. So Ravenna Renslayer. Two episodes in, I was like, the way that for when I look at Disney's um movies or TV shows, mm-hmm. um, whenever you're casting, right, um, a role, I'm like, if they're getting like a hard hitting actor, like someone who's, who's got the goods there. Disney tends to put them in very prominent roles. Like yes. they're not going to put you in like, and so the thing is Google has been out here for years. Another, woman <laughs> that I've been, another actress I've been standing for. And I was like, Hmm, I was like, if they're casting Google in the role of Ravonne and Slay, I think we're going to get more than uh-huh. just this, this woman sitting on the bench. So what you're saying is, Yes, because we know uh, Kang the Conqueror. Was it Jonathan Majors? Jonathan Majors. Yeah, another great actor, right? Mm -hmm. And so I am like, I'm getting goosebumps now because I'm trying to, I'm like imagining them being like this Bonnie and Clyde, like this evil couple of the MCU. And I'm kind of And that's basically what they were in the comics. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, as soon as I found that out, then I started going down the rabbit hole of like, let me read all the Kang stuff I can. So Ravona and Kang are like former lovers and like co-conspirators. Yeah, they've been lovers throughout time. Woo! So yeah, and and you know another interesting thing with that? Yeah. Like when I look at, I rewatched episode one again, and you know uh-huh. how they have the statues of the um, Time Lords? Yes. 
one of them looks like Kang to me. Someone was saying that. I, like, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the statues, one of them actually looks like Kang. So I'm like, is Kang one of the Time Lords? So now, wow. now I got like all the gears turning in my head. Wow. Okay. So, okay. So let's so let's go with the, with your theory then. The theory could be because a lot of people have been asking, what is Ravona's role, right? Because, yeah. like I said, this is Goo Goo. I was like, I don't think they're gonna put her in like this very flavorless role where she's just sort of like this authority figure. I'm like, no, there's got to be more to her because so far she's been playing her cards really close to the chest. So mm-hmm. I've been just observing her and I'm like, okay, what's going on with her? So if you're telling me that there's a connection, so, ooh. And I'm just she's the only one that sees the Time Lords, right? Right. Nope. Mobius, Mobius hasn't even seen them. Yeah, see? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'm hoping. I love this. I'm you know, hoping. I, I'm excited by this because, I, you know, and you and I, we've, we've had offline conversations about this, is that, you know, when we talk about diversity and inclusion, right, mm-hmm. as far as Black characters, um, it, you know, the, the, we have to be able to inhabit the spectrum of roles. We can't just play the good guys, right? right. Like, like for me, true equality is when a Black actor or actress can play a villain the same way that, you know, you could have like a Breaking Bad or whatever with, you know what I'm saying? He could play Mm -hmm. the most, you know what I mean? But there's been like this because of the fact, I think what's happened is because there's been such a horrible history of Hollywood depicting us in such stereotypical and flat and two-dimensional ways, we kind of gear towards positive representation, right? Like we always want to play the gun. But I feel like, no, I was like, now that we're in phase four of Marvel, we've established enough black heroes that I feel like, we should be able to have more black villains because so far yes. the the only black villain I feel we've had is Killmonger, and I felt that uh, Ryan Coogler did an excellent job with that because he, to me, like Killmonger was really more of like an antihero. It was like yeah, yes, me, but yeah. right. It was like yeah. yes, but no. But that was because of the subtlety and the nuances of how Ryan and Joe Robert Cole wrote the wrote the character. Exactly. So I, so I feel like if they can give that same care, if we're going with what you're saying about Ravona and Kang being like the evil couple of the MCU, as long as I, to me, as long as the characters are written with dimension and depth, I don't have a problem with Gugu being a villain. Me or, either. And then it's right? awesome to see, it would be awesome to see a black couple too, because we right? haven't really had that. Yes. And running shit, like trying to- A powerful black couple. I love it. I love this so much. I'm so excited now. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, because I've been tr- I've been trying to figure out Ravona because I know you know um, her scenes with Owen Wilson with Mobius. We know that they have a friendship. I don't think there. I don't really think there was like a love affair or any kind of sexual relationship. It seems more like old comrades. You know, mm-hmm. like old like old war buddies where she you know she's kind of looking out for him, but kind of like remember if these you know if your whole thing with Loki goes wrong. I can't help you. Right. You know what I mean? So there's definitely some sort of respect and affection there, but I do kind of feel like there's a certain agenda. Like, uh, but yeah, if that's what you're saying, I'm excited. Yeah. And just for reference for anybody listening, there's a um, series in the comics called Avengers forever. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think it's a 12 issue series, but Issue nine specifically goes through Kang's story and it has, it shows Ravona in there uh, a couple times. They've, oh they've kind of like uh, rescued each other throughout time type of 
So it's a really interesting it. story. I love this, like this this black couple that is like loving each other through eternity, like through. T- I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I really I hope like, they go that way. Me too. Me too. I, it's about time. We we need some. We gotta have some black women villains. If we can have Monica Rambeau and the Dora Milaje, and you know we have more uh, Riri Williams, I think we have enough stacked in our favor. Um, and right. Shuri, and I feel like. As long as there's a balance, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And also, well, I mean, you you tell me what you think. Because sometimes when we depict Black women characters as villainous, sometimes, you know, there's some colorism involved, right? Where you tend to cast a darker skinned Black mm, woman to play. That is true. But I kind of, but I feel like maybe they're being a little strategic there. They're like, okay, Google is black, but she's not dark skinned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so they're, they're, that's good. You know what I mean? Although yeah. I, I'm thinking if Wunmi had inhabited the role of Ravona Rains, I don't think that would be a bad thing either. What do you think? I don't Just, think so. Yeah. Because she's such uh, a great actress. Again, uh, it's, yeah. Again, it's, it, it comes down to the writing. And how you're yeah. depicting these characters, right? And, Absolutely. And what's interesting of note is now there's now a Lovecraft Country connection because Wunmi Masako and Jonathan Majors both That's come right. from Lovecraft Country. That's right. Which, which is actually quite fascinating. But, you know, just really quickly, I think this is why it's so important when people, you know, like you and I, we've been observing this for years. This is why we fight so hard for black actors and and black shows to go you know to get that green light because however you may feel about lovecraft country i mean i have my criticisms of it but still what it does is it gives a platform for black Talent actors to and shine. right because mm-hmm. i mean let's let's face it i mean disney casting jonathan majors i mean i, I i'd have to see what the connections are but i'm pretty sure they saw his work in last man in san francisco and i'm pretty sure they saw his work in lovecraft country Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that he was the lead. And so the same with Woodme playing Ruby. Um, and then she also has this, uh, it's like a black horror movie on Netflix. I forget what it's called. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was good, too. Yeah. It, she's great in it. And so this mm-hmm. is why this is why it's like, if we want like more black actors and actresses and actresses of color to be able to get like those leading roles, that's why it's important to have black content. This is why it's so important for them to get more roles, because the more you work, the more, you know, yes. exposure you have. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about there's one scene I want to talk to you about. Okay. So uh <laughs> Loki basically tries to outsmart Mobius when they go to Oklahoma to try to figure out what happened with C20 and the rest of the timekeepers <laughs> that were ambushed and you know Loki tries to one up Mobius and Mobius is like, "Nah, not today. <laughs> it's not happening." Um and so when they go back to um, you know, the TVA, uh they have this really, there's a couple of scenes. There's one scene where uh, Mobius and Loki are basically talking about the existence of the TVA. Mm-hmm. Loki is basically like, um, you haven't seen these timekeepers. You've got these these statues of these three lizards. And you're telling me these three lizards are like in, in charge of the sacred timeline and you haven't seen them. So he's sort <laughs> of like, so Loki's kind of like the atheist or the agnostic, basically the Scully. Right. Right. And then uh, you have Mobius that is very much like, no, I believe in the TVA. He was like, if I believe it, then therefore it's true. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know what I mean? And so they have this very interesting exchange because then Mobius 
uh, challenges uh, Loki back. He was like, oh, okay, so you think the TVA is ridiculous. He was like, where are you from? And he was like, well, I'm from Asgard. And he was like, okay, so where did you come from? Like, who made you? He was like, oh, a frost giant. And then he was like, and who raised you? Oh, a god, a, a god named Odin. And then yeah. <laughs> it was so funny to me where he was like, oh, so you have a problem with me believing in the TVA and you're telling me that you lived in a, you know, a, a city in the sky. You know right. what I mean? He's like, what, like what your origin doesn't sound as ridiculous <laughs> as mine, you know? <laughs> you know what that kind of reminded me of? What's um, that? Did you ever see that episode of uh, South Park, right? where the whole community, the, the the episode was basically who has the right religion, right? So it was the Christians versus the Muslims versus the Catholics. Like all of them were just like, no, my God is real and my heaven is real or whatever. And so everybody is like making their case as to why <laughs> their religion is, is the best one, right? And then uh-huh. I think at the end of the episode, I could be wrong, but then it's like... Uh, like they hit the apocalypse or it's the end is like judgment day. And they're like, the correct answer is Mormonism. It was like, (laughs) it was like some religion that nobody was even checking for. You know what I'm saying? Uh But but everybody swore that their faith and religion was the right one. You know what I mean? And And that's that's basically the same conversation they had. Right. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, you can't tell a Muslim that, you know, that their religion, that Islam is not real. You can't tell a Christian that, you know, Jesus you know, didn't die on the cross and raised after three, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, let's be real. I mean, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but it's like you said, if you think about the origins of a lot of religions, they do kind of seem sci-fi-ish. Right, right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like you're talking about a God who created the world in seven days. Or was like, it in six days? Oh, yeah. And like Mobius said, you know, he chooses to believe that it's true, so it is. And, that, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much how practitioners of religion think about it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And then the other scene uh, that I want to talk to you about a little bit before there, and then they also talked about predetermination and uh, predetermination and free will, which is sort of a recurrent theme of Mm -hmm. Loki. And I really like how they're tackling that because that's what Loki is trying to do because Mobius is basically like, "Your, um, your life has been set in stone. Like, this is who you are. You're a trickster. You're the god of mischief. You're this, and this is all you'll ever be. And I think Loki is trying to fight against that. Like, no, you don't get to tell me what I what I what I am. And I think Loki is sh- is shaken by the fact that what he thinks is his free will, maybe it's not. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? that maybe he's definitely this- shaken by that. Yeah. So in a scene, the scene before they had that, um, they <laughs> the more bureaucratic stuff. Uh, Mobius uh, takes him to this sort of library to do research. So he puts a whole pile. <laughs> he was like, you need to study every Loki variant that we've caught, right? And so mm-hmm. he was like, I need, we need you to go through and try. We need to find a pattern as to where they're hiding in the time stream so we can track them down. And so we see Loki at a desk with a whole bunch of paperwork. I'm telling you, this stuff will never make me stop laughing. Um, and then he comes up <laughs> and then he comes across a file um, of, I guess, his version of the variant and um in the file it has the disc- the destruction of ragnarok and it just felt like a needle drop yeah right it the- totally did right and it was uh. just sort of because again this loki this version of loki in the loki series is 2012 he did not live through everything else that happened in thor 2's uh infinity war endgame he didn't see or, or ragnarok so basically 
again, much like in the first episode where he had to relive what happened in Thor 2 with his mother being murdered and understanding that he was complicit in that. Now he's reading that Ragnarok was happened, that the that basically Asgard was totally destroyed. I think when they looked at the fatalities, I think they said the casualties was like 9,000. It was like a ridiculous Yeah, it was like 9,700 something. Yeah. And it, and it said that there was no, there was zero variances, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, so two things happened in that scene. Number one, we got to see Loki's reaction to knowing that his home world was destroyed. What did you, what did you think of that? Uh, yeah, that was like, uh, it seems like he's just receiving gut punch after gut punch. Yeah. Um, uh, I wish there was like a little more time to Mm -hmm. sit with it. I mean, Mm -hmm. he, you kind of got to see it on his face for a little bit before, you know, he finished going through the file, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's getting hit with a lot of gut, gut punches going back, you know, I guess going forward in time from where he you uh, split off. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was a tough watch because it was like, cause the thing with Loki, again, I, what I like about this show is that there is a deconstruction of who he is because mm-hmm. throughout the MCU, cause the character has been with us for about what, 11 years. Right. Yeah. Um, and so Loki always, he comes off as like this arrogant puffed up, like, I'm going to destroy everybody. And he's always acting like he hates Thor, that he hates Odin, that he hates his mother, that he hates Asgard. And then seeing him read the destruction of Ra- uh, the, the destruction of Asgard and that Ragnarok actually came to be, it was like, oh, that was, that was a lot of smoke. Like yeah. he, act- he, he was, it was like a little boy finding out like his puppy died. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? Cause I'm, cause remember he said in the first episode, can I go back? I'm assuming when he said go back, I think he meant Asgard. Can he go back home? And now he knows he can't. There is. Yeah. Now he knows it's gone. Yeah. 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 And that was, that was, that hurt. (laughs) I have Mm -hmm. to say. And again, that's, you know, uh, thanks to Tom Hiddleston. He's such a great actor. I'm telling you, whoever the casting director, I, I forget what her name is, uh, the casting director who casts all the Marvel properties, um, you really have to invest in people that have talent. Because yes, it is a comic book show or movie. And you know sometimes people try to minimize it, where it's like, oh, you're wearing these corny costumes and it's just for kids and stuff. But no, not really. You know, not He's when you're- really good with his face, too. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he put... Uh, like a lot of these reactions in the past mm. two episodes have yeah. just been mostly face and not, you know, a whole lot of dialogue or anything like that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Cause it was just like, he just looks so, he just looks so sad. And, mm-hmm. and the thing with Hiddleston is that to me, he's such a find because not only can he play like the big dramatic moments, but he's equally comedically funny. Yeah. Right. And that, that's a great talent. You know what I mean? Not a lot of people can do that. Some people can do straight drama or straight comedy, <laughs> but to yeah. be able to be able to do both, like I think about actors like uh, Robin Williams, who was very oh my goodness, gifted, who's yes. so gifted in that. So like mm-hmm. he, you know what I mean? But yeah, I just felt bad for him. He was like, I don't have a home to go to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then through that research, that's when he realizes where the evil variant Loki has been hiding, right? Because remember, mm-hmm. they're looking at the at the time stream. They're like, how come we can't catch them? And then that's when Loki figures out that this evil 
deviant Loki hides out in apocalypses, right? Yes. Because I'm trying to remember the science here. The science is that if it's or if it has already been written in stone, the sacred timeline, everything is predetermined, right? So mm-hmm. let's say we'll use a scene that they use. They went to the destruction of Pompeii, right? And so we know that Pompeii is going to be destroyed by a volcano, right? And an ash. Mm-hmm. And so Loki comes up with the idea. He was like, well, that's where they can do the most. She can do the most damage. They, they can do the most damage because the Loki knows that in this timeline, these specific places and these specific um, times is going to be destroyed. So it doesn't matter what you do. Right. You can do you, whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. And so to test that theory, <laughs> Mobius <is> going to... <laughs> now, Loki, Loki is a jerk, okay? Because that's the thing. It's like one minute just when you're like, oh, you're crying for him for Ragnarok. And then he goes to Pompeii. Mobius is like, all right, let's 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 try this theory out. <laughs> and you see these townspeople with their goats just living their regular day. And then... <laughs> Loki goes speaking Latin to them. And he was like, hey, guess what, people? You're about to die. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Loki, why would you do that? What? And the people, the townspeople are just looking at him like, who is this man? Like, what are you? You know what I mean? And then Mm -hmm. that's when you see in the background that um, that that the volcano explodes. He can't help himself sometimes. Oh he just can't help gosh. himself. Oh my gosh, he's the worst. He's the absolute freaking worst, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was trying not to laugh, but that's Loki, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So then that's when they they figure out, okay, so then they start looking and figure out where, where is the next apocalypse that they can hide to. Because remember from episode one, they had found that that gum that that little girl had when they went yep. back in 1519, it was called Kablooey. And so uh, Mobius tracks down that Kablooey had been manufactured between like 2047 and 2050 or something like that. Right. Um, and so they were like, and so when they looked within those three years, they're like, we need to find an apocalypse that was caused naturally, whatever, no, no interference. And then that's when they find out, I think it's, um, they go to the year 2050 yes. and it's, it's in uh, Haven Hills, Alabama. And it's some and th- sort of, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, and this is, one of the things I wanted to touch on yes. is that if you notice when they were like going through all these like apocalyptic events, especially the ones after our current time, mm-hmm. they were all climate events. Wow. That's right. So, it was like yeah. tsunami, hurricane. Ooh, I didn't yeah. So uh, like Marvel getting their hands in there on the global, you mm-hmm. know, global warming climate change thing. Yeah. Oh, that's Great, great. Yeah. Good. I didn't even do that. Yeah, because I was like, damn, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's when they realized uh, in 2050, there's going to be this natural disaster. Is it a tsunami or a hurricane? I think, yeah. I think, it, I think it was. It was some kind of like, like massive hurricane. Yes, yes. So they figure out that's where evil deviant Loki will be hiding uh, in this apocalypse. So B-15, Mobius, and uh, Loki and the team transport to 2050 um and <laughs> i'm trying not to laugh <laughs> so then when they decide to split up uh mobius was like i'm gonna take loki with me and b15 was like now he's coming <laughs> with me okay because i don't trust your ass so she was like so again it's a scene like you said the interaction between b15 and loki is just very funny to me because she was just like mm-hmm. i just i just i literally don't have time for you okay um and so <laughs> So while they're scoping out uh, the rocks cart, it's sort of like a Walmart if it, or like a, what would you call it? A Costco, right? Just like yeah, this huge Yeah, just like a, like a massive version of that. 
Yes. And so uh, two things happen. So um, uh, we're seeing two scenes happen at the same time. So on one hand, we see Loki and B-15, you know, kind of sniping at each other. And then uh, we already know that Loki is there because we see a scene of her watching the uh, surveillance cameras or the Mm -hmm. surveillance screens. So all of a sudden, uh, Deviant Loki takes over B-15's body and basically introduces her themselves uh, to Loki. Um, and Loki immediately realizes that's that's what happens. And I have to tell you that I got a kick out of watching Wunmi play evil Loki. That's what I was just about to say. Go like ahead. she yeah. she put her foot in that. Like I'll, just the way her whole personality turned mm-hmm. when when she was uh, inhabited by Loki was just like amazing to see. It did remind me a bit of the uh, Love Lovecraft Country when she was possessed you know, certain times during that show and the oh, way yeah. I felt a little bit of that in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she's such a wonderful actress. She's such a wonderful. So their dynamic was really funny. And then we also, and then in the next scene, we, uh, the other team uh, with uh, Mobius, they end up finding C20. They find out Hunter C20 and she looks shook. traumatized. <laughs> just totally. shook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she's just so she says a couple of few things. First, she says, I've seen it. Right. Basically, Mm -hmm. I've I've seen it. Then she's like, I want to go home. And then she said, I told them where they were. Right. Right. And then they ask, like, who? Yes. Uh, Yeah. So from what I'm understanding, when she says I told them where they were, she uh, C20 must have told evil variant Loki where the timekeepers are located. Yes. That's yep. what I surmise for that. But the other two statements were interesting to me because she was like, I want to go home. Now, she's a hunter. She's C20. Mm-hmm. I would assume that her home is the TVA. The TVA. But why would she say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wondering if it's like whatever her real home was. Exactly. Right. And because yeah. the, the interesting thing is that there's been a theory that the people who work for the TVA are all former variants that were taken out of the timeline. And instead of destroying them, they're like, we're going to put you in this bureaucratic cog, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. pe- like penance. Like that's, right. a, that, that's a punishment. Okay. Like you can either be deleted or you can work here. Yes. Yeah. Cause let's be real, Robert. Like who wants to really work there? Voluntarily? <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. It just looks so bleak. There's no fun there. Yeah. It looks just, boring. Yeah. It does look boring. So, so I mean, it, maybe that's what it is. And so um, I'm wondering, so it, the fact that she was like, I've seen it, it tells me that variant Loki, at least to me, C20 must've seen some shit. Yeah, for real. You know what I'm saying? And some, mm-hmm. some, um, when I did Twitter spaces last night, uh, one of the, I forget what his name is, Koi something, uh, he, his theory is that evil Loki took C20 to the end of time. Oh, really? And Ooh. so, and to see eternity, just no human should ever see that. Your brain can't accept that. That does look like the kind of mm-hmm. reaction for some, from something like that. Like she was just like, she couldn't process all of it. Yeah, because remember, because what it does is it overlaps with an earlier scene that Loki and Mobius had um, had because Loki had asked Mobius. He was like, "Okay, so you're going all all these missions. You're fixing the the timeline. So what happens next? Like, do do you see the future? Can you see the end? And Mobius was like, "Uh, we don't know. Like, there's Mm -hmm. 
we just we're just fixing it. We just fix what's in front of us. We don't know what's going on. So to have her, if the theory is correct, that C20 was taken to the edge of eternity, like I don't even know what that looks like. Like I can't even wrap my brain around that. You know what I mean? Yeah, me neither. And I'm. I, it's got me thinking of like all those like cosmic Marvel comics where you get to the splash page and it's just like colors everywhere. Yes. You know, it reminds me of some of those splash pages. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, what's interesting is that the reason why I think I'm I'm going with this theory is because number one, we already saw in episode one, you know, it was, it was a little gag, but it it said so much when uh, that office worker had opened up his desk and it was full of infinity stones and Loki was like, wait, are those infinity gems? And he was like, <laughs> oh, we get those all the time. So it already told us that the Infinity War, like the gems, everything that we saw that infin- in, in Infinity War and Endgame is like tiny. It is in, it is like, inf- it's just nothing to the right. TVA. You know what I mean? Like that was an ant. Like they were like, you thought that was a major event? So what? We've got, we got, we got lots of these stones. There's no biggie. We use them as a paperweight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which really pissed me off because I was when I was thinking about Endgame and how they worked so hard to try to get those stones jumping back in time <laughs> and they were all in somebody's desk. Yeah. I, I hate it. But I mean, it's just like one of those things where, you know, for people on our level, that is like a massive thing. But it, it kind of mm-hmm. puts us in our place in the universe mm-hmm. where we're like the ants to like people and the TVA and that type of thing where we're just like this minuscule thing in right. comparison to the power that, you know, mm-hmm. they oversee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. It was just sort of like, wow. So what it does is it's, it's, it's the scope, right? Because I think mm-hmm. this, is, this is what Loki is doing is like, okay, everything that we known from phase one to phase three. Oh, that's nothing guys because right. now they're about to take us to a whole other level right and we know that with the eternals coming eternals, up, right yeah. so, so there's there's this more cosmic look or 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 scope and also with um the series that uh sam jackson is about to do the uh, secret invasion secret invasion so we're already going into space with captain marvel we already know that they're like okay we're leaving earth and we're we're making it more galactic right Mm -hmm. and so just for me i mean you can tell me what you think what it is is it's setting up what it's also doing and i think this is what's so smart about loki is that what it's doing is it's it's setting up the other properties that we're about to get in the mcu like the fantastic four Mm -hmm. um because they're cosmic right that's where they got their powers from um and and a lot of their um their villains are from space, right? Like the Kree. Galactus. Yes, Galactus. And so I feel like we're going to get Galactus soon. Oh, we have to be getting Galactus sometime soon. Yeah, and definitely Silver Surfer. Yeah, we got to get the Heralds for sure. Yeah, I I feel like, like they're really setting us up where they're just like, we're about to take it. So then the question is, well, I'll, I'll ask you this question really quick. So we know that phase, phase one, two, three, one through three, the big bad, everything was leading up to um, the Infinity War, right? To the Infinity Gems and the battle with that, right? My mm-hmm. question is, who do you think is going to be the big bad for phase four and five or maybe six? Uh, who do you think Who do you think the, the big galactic bad is going to be? Wow, that's tough because, mm-hmm. like, I think the last time 
Mm-hmm. I saw something like this was when they did the um, the latest version of the Secret Wars, where they basically merged all the alternate timelines, mm-hmm. and that was like they were dealing with like death itself, right? But but they were also like interacting with all of the other major cosmic. Uh, entities in the Marvel universe, like Ego and mm-hmm. and and Galactus, was involved in that too. Who's, so it's kind of who, hard. Who's Ego, really quickly? Because uh, that was we, the one that that's the one they had in uh, Guardian of the Galaxy too. Yes! That's the Living Planet. That's it. That's the one that uh, what Kurt, Kurt Russell was the voice for that. Oh, he was Ego. Oh, that's right. And he yeah. just took, he just took human form. That's what it yep, was, right? And exactly. He was impregnating yep. women. Oh, that's sick. Yo, yo, just real quick, yo, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 really messed me up. I'm like, this is the most morbid-ish I've ever seen in the MCU. Like, y'all really went there. Yeah, okay, so that's Ego the Living Planet. Okay, so they're already... um, And And then, like, the Beyond, the Beyonder was involved in that, in uh, Uh this, too. So there's, there's like, so many cosmic entities out there. It's kind of hard to pinpoint who would be, you know, like, the final big bad. Right, right. And um, definitely, uh, well, the Easter egg was left in End of of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And I'm like, hopefully y'all pick it up. Uh, Adam Warlock. Hello. Like, Infinity Watch. Like, what y'all doing? (laughs) (laughs) And where's Infinity Watch? I mean, because I feel like we got to get Infinity Watch. We got to get him at this point. I mean, he's like one of the major cosmic, you know. Right. Entity, uh, I guess superheroes, we would right. say. Well, you know, you and I, I had thrown like this crazy theory at you, or just if I would do Infinity Watch, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like the 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 lineup of Infinity Watch through the comics have, have always changed. It's never like one set group and everything. But for me, I was like, if I would do Infinity Watch, I would do it where it would be like, it would be Adam Warlock. Follow me here. This is crazy. Okay. Uh, if you wanted to bring back Tony Stark, I would do that. Really? And Gamora and Black Widow. That would be my lineup for because all of them were all of them, their deaths were connected to a stone. Oh, I didn't you, even think about that. You understand you, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. yeah, because Black Widow, Natasha sacrificed herself on Vormir. Yep. Uh, Gamora died on Vormir. Right. And then at uh-huh. the end of the end of Endgame, Tony put on the stone. Of course, his physical form could not take the power of that. But I'm wondering if like maybe his spirit or his essence was trapped within the stones. That would be interesting. That that's would be I, real interesting. That's what I go for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if you wanted to bring back, you know, certain people or whatever, like an Infinity Watch, like and just the thing is Natasha Gamora and Steve have such different personalities. Like I just see them fighting all the damn time. You know what yeah. I mean? But they, Marvel's got like so much stuff in play right now. Yes, they really, really do. But I'm sure they'll probably have bring in other characters and everything. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited about this new direction that Marvel is taking. Cause I was a little worried about phase four. I was like, all right, after, after, end game like where do you go from things <laughs> now like, what like it's so epic and they were like oh we're gonna be even more epic yeah we're, we're gonna just, go more epic <laughs> yeah and i think and and what's interesting is that um now i'll admit like episode two like it was it was very dense it was a very densely written episode because there was a lot going on 
right? Mm-hmm. And so at first I was like, oh, this is a lot. And I was taking notes and I'm like, oh, my brain hurts. But then again, I mean, you and I have been seeing these conversations where people are like, you know, Disney, you know, like Marvel is dumb and, you know, their stuff is like, you know, they're just sort of like, it's not really deep or anything. But I was like, no, this episode, I had to really sit down and put on my thinking cap. <laughs> I mean, I feel like most of these TV shows have been like pretty, they've been, you know, yes. they've, they've been hitting some seriously uh, heavy and mm-hmm. uh, intricate topics. Right. You know, so yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. I was just sitting there like, wow, we're talking about free will and pre- predestination. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and and then just looking at that Eternals trailer, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be something Listen, big time. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> so everything is so. So with Loki. So I'm just taking a, a scorecard here. So you're so through the Loki um, series, we're getting connections to Kang. Mm-hmm. Right, which we know he's going to be in Ant Man three. And Ant Man, they, they already started shooting. I think I read somewhere that they already started shooting in England. <sighs> so we got that, and they're they're like they're just setting seeds for but so I mean, many things. But yeah. you know that also gives us connection to the Fantastic Four because so Kang's excited. one of the biggest Fantastic Four villains. So. I'm I'm really excited about now. I know. We haven't been crazy about the first two live versions of Fantastic <laughs> Four, okay? Uh, the one that had Jessica Alba and Ian Gruff. I mean, it was all right. That um, one was just corny, but the that yeah. last one was horrible. It was terrible. I was like, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves for even coming out. But I heard that a lot of it was um, the director wouldn't show up on set for like days. Wow. And the way they did Dr. Doom was just, they did him so Trash, dirty. trash. Like, that was the worst origin story for a villain I've ever seen. <laughs> so I'm hoping third time's the charm now that it's under the official Disney Marvel tent. You know I feel what I mean? good with Marvel in control now, with yes. Marvel Studios in control. Yes. Now, I'm going to admit, this is me. I was kind of like, I had some different directors in mind for this you know, Fantastic Four remake. Um, I am a huge fan of uh, Rick Famuyiwa. Um, he's the he's the one who directed Dope, um, and he uh, his first movie was uh, shit. I'm trying to remember. It was that the black movie. Uh, it was like flashbacks with Sanaa Lathan. The Wood. That oh was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Rick Famuyiwa he did uh, that. He did Dope. Um, he was supposed to, he had moved over to DC. He was the first director who was supposed to do the Flash movie. But really? be, yeah, but because of creative differences, he left. Mm. And let's be clear, like a couple of directors left before they, <laughs> yep. you know, got the new one or whatever. So, um, but yeah, Rick Famuyiwa has actually been part of the Disney family for a while. Um, he's directed episodes of The Mandalorian, um, season one and season two. And he does a great, like, I, I don't know what it is, but it's like all my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian, almost all of them are directed by Rick Famuyiwa. I wonder and if he's going to get one of these TV series. Then. He he really needs to. I feel like he has put in the work. He understands the properties. He's he's really, really good. Like one of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian was uh, season one, episode six, the one where they had to break that dude out of jail. So mm-hmm. it, was, it almost felt like an Ocean's Eleven type of 
Yeah. I think that's the last episode I actually watched. I've never finished The Mandalorian. Oh, please do. Yeah, it's it's so good. And 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 he's also the one who directed episode one, episode uh season one, episode two with the Jabba Jabba Walks, the ones that the little ones that kind of steal all the technology and everything. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just feel like Rick Famuyo would do a great job with directing a Fantastic Four movie. Um, the other person that I wanted to direct Fantastic Four real quick. I want John Krasinski, god damn it. <laughs> mm. Well, actually, I kind of want him for like Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's that's been the wish list for a lot of people. He and Emily Blunt to play uh Frank uh to play Richard and Susan. But a lot of people are just sort of like, I mean, I think Emily Blunt said this in an interview. She was like, nah, I'm not that mm. everyone's been asking me that, but no. I'm I just want who wh- whoever they pick to yes. be. Mm. Invisible Woman, yes. like they need to do Invisible Woman justice because, in my opinion, yes. she's the most powerful person on that Fantastic Four. She and they is. Ne- they never do her justice ever. I mean the the best uh, the best iteration of Fantastic Four that I've seen, like in um on TV or film, it was the series. It was a series fantastic. It was almost like a Japanime. Uh, the Cartoon Network ran. Oh, it. I've seen. Yeah, I saw it. And it's actually on the Disney on the Disney Channel. If you look under Marvel, I need to rewatch that. Then it's very, <laughs> very good. And they have lots of episodes with other like the. I think one of the first few episodes is with the Hulk, where Bruce Banner comes to uh, okay. read to get a cure. It's called the Cure. And the funny thing is, like, there's a rivalry between them where it's just sort of like, well, the rivalry is more on Reed's side because he's always, like, trying to outwit Bruce. And Bruce is like, I don't care. Like, can you get me a cure? And Reed is just always trying to (laughs) act like he's the smartest one in the room. It's like, okay. Um, And then they had uh, Tony Stark was there on a couple of episodes. And there were a couple of episodes with uh, uh, Namor and... What I liked about the episode is that you definitely saw the chemistry between Sue and Namor. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. definitely a love-hate relationship. But I but I just I digress. All to say that Loki is definitely setting a lot of seeds for these other properties, these other storylines. Um, but real quick, uh we know that um Loki finally gets to meet who this evil variant Loki is, and it is revealed to be a woman. Um, mm-hmm. I think the character, the actress's name is Sophia Martino, I believe. Um, and so she kind of is dressed like Loki, even has like the a mini version of the horns that he wears, and he's kind of like, "Wait, a woman? Wait, <laughs> <laughs> how did that?" Happen? I was actually surprised that he was surprised. Right. Right. I, I expected him to not really be surprised, but um, I guess it did take him for a loop. Yeah, I think so, too. And it was just sort of like um, somebody pointed this out to me and I didn't know this. But, you know, um, I've been noticing I tell people now with these these Marvel series like WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and now Loki. I've noticed what they're doing is they're dropping Easter eggs in the intros. Oh, Have yeah. Because right. me- remember in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I call- I that's when I knew that they were going to have Isaiah Bradley because at the end when you saw all those files, I saw a picture of a black man and it said something. Uh, but that's when we saw the picture of Isaiah Washington. Oh, and that's I was right. like, oh, I was like, they're about to bring Isaiah Bradley. And then also for WandaVision, like if you look at the opening or the closing credits, they drop a lot of Easter eggs. So in Loki... One of the shots is an open file of Loki's case file, and where it says gender, it says fluid. 
So that was, that, was, that was from episode one. So Disney was always going to do it. Because people were like, I don't know if he's going to be gender. But I was like, yeah, I think. It was right there. It was right there. They drop Easter eggs in the opening closing credits all the time. So now every time I watch, I like slow it down. Because I am just curious to see like what Easter eggs they're leaving for. Yeah, that. I need to slow them down. Because I do watch yeah. them, but I must be missing they go fast. Things. Yeah, they do go fast. So <laughs> I need go. to slow them down and watch them. Yeah, yeah. So basically, so uh, we see Lady Loki. She and Loki, Loki, they get into a fight and she basically dusts Loki, just beats his ass. It's really sad. Um, and so, <laughs> I was just laughing. I was like, damn. Um, and so we know we noticed that all the charges, all those time stream charges that she had been taking from the other timekeepers, she puts them all around the store all around rocks cart and then she sets them she detonates them and we just see all the little time bombs just fall into like these little mini you know whatever the um, sacred timeline splits into like 17 18 different yeah and so and so over on the tva they're looking at their monitors and ravona renslayer is looking at her monitor <laughs> and you're just seeing like it's just craziness craziness um and uh, there's some other easter eggs because she gets a list of where these time stream bombs are going one says asgard one says ego one place it's like these are the ways. yeah so they're saying that they're about to reset the mcu i think what they're doing is they're setting us up for the multiverse wow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that this is why this episode i was like i gotta go back and watch it again because it it did a lot and the other thing i'm not taking credit for it again koi he works at i think collider uh, remember how you and i were just like why did they why did they move loki to wednesday the wednesday release there was a method to the madness Yesterday's Something else coming out on Friday? Oh, no, no, no. Here's the thing. Uh, This episode, right, which is basically, you know, introducing the multiverse, right, or putting the seeds for the multiverse, when it was released yesterday, it was June 16th, 616, which is what the main timeline of the MCU is. Oh, what? Bruh, I was like, again, I'm not taking credit. Corey came up with that. They go deep. That's why they moved the release to Wednesday, because they wanted episode two to drop on June 16th. Wow, they're going deep. They mm-hmm. they're like playing the B sides now. They're playing the B sides <laughs> because they're like, if we dropped it on Friday, it would be like June eighteenth. That doesn't. So what they're saying is that we're dropping this episode on June six one six. Goodbye six one six. The last eleven years of the MCU is that timeline is six one six. They're about to blow it up. They're about to blow it up. Wow. So what do you expect next week? I'm I kind of feel like like mm-hmm. next week would just be like. Almost like a bottle episode with the two Lokis. Yes, and I and I think that's a good idea because episode two was so dense and there was so much going on. I think they need to bring it down a little bit. Yeah, and, me too. Yeah, so I think if it's just a one on one between Lady Loki and Loki and just him basically reckoning with himself, right? Because mm-hmm. we real we realize this deviant Loki is not like this Loki because Loki is like, hey, I want you to partner up with me. So he can take down the TVA and Deviant Loki is like, I don't care about that. And clearly they're not about power. They're not trying to take over anything. They're like, we're just trying to F shit up. Right. Right. And so I think with episode three, we're going to find out what her real agenda is and what she's trying to do. Um, And so I think, yeah, I think if it's like a more one on one and more character centric episode, I think that will be interesting 
Um, and yeah, yeah and, and always more Tom Hiddleston. It's always a good thing. Although I, I, I can't did, wait. I did want to throw something at you. And, and since you know about the comic books, uh, one of the theories is that Lady Loki is not really Lady Loki, but is actually the Enchantress. What do you think? Oh, I could totally see that. I can see that for sure. Yeah, because I don't remember Loki being able to take over people's bodies. Isn't that like a... Isn't that more like a... A more like Enchantress thing? It's definitely an Enchantress thing. Uh I mean, the only thing I was thinking is, like, if it's an alternate timeline, Loki, like, they might have, like, slightly different Mm -hmm. magical powers, but I could totally see that being Enchantress. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Just add more to the cosmic Marvel plate. (laughs) I am so, like, excited. Like, when I tell you I am so excited for what's about to happen and, like, yeah, because because if she's blowing up timelines and there's no more sacred timelines, that's also... Yeah, it, it definitely allows Marvel to bring in these other properties from Fox and Sony, you know, because everybody... I mean, if you bring in Fantastic Four without an explanation, people are going to be like, where was Fantastic Four during phase one through three? But if if you're like, well, Fantastic Four is from Earth, I don't know, four, five, four, where maybe what Lady Loki is trying to do is trying to create or trying to streamline is just like break up all the time. Instead of one sacred timeline, she's just trying to tear everything up apart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's how you can bring in the other properties. And it uh, it doesn't mess with the continuity. Of the yeah. show, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So uh, she sets the bombs. We see like these time stream bombs slip into these other um, timelines and she goes through the portal. But what's interesting is that the portal stays open mm-hmm. a little bit longer, which says to me that she wants Loki to come through. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Uh, yeah. And just as Mobius and his team go, you know, Loki just throws himself through the portal. So that's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what happens. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Robert, for Yeah, thank you for back. inviting me. So next week, we're about to see what happens <laughs> in episode three. I'm excited. I'm already, I, I mean, unfortunately, I don't get screen, uh, screeners, so I'm going to have to wait till next Wednesday till everybody else. So yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the spectrum lounge. See you on the other side.